the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chatting to have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. One of the things that I like to do is look around. I am considered a Generation Xer. And some Generation Xers are still, are they in their 30s? Yeah. So some Xers are 30s and mostly in their 40s. Uh, millennials are 18 to 35-ish, roughly. Now, there's different, we're at different ages, we're at different stages. Um, some have started families early, some have started families late. In your 20s, it's easy to say, fund your 401k. And that's a good idea. In your 30s, you need to start you know, looking around and figure out where you are. I love the 401k, 403 b 457. It has high annual contribution limits, 18000 Contributions get swept into account directly from your paycheck before taxes, before federal taxes, like magic. Ta-da! A lot of the plans at larger companies offer access to... Um, really low-cost mutual funds, or really low-cost index funds. Uh, lifestyle funds are great. And, you know, those funds that are called, like, uh, target date, your target date retirement, if the year is 2020 and you're going to retire in 30 years, your target date's 2050. So it's called target date 2050 at Freedom Funds. They have, like, these funny names for them. They don't call it mutual funds because people think I could lose money. It's your target retirement date. Like, sounds good. Um, so in your 30s, it's really easy to start figuring out, you know, the money angles that you need to do. You have to make more. You have to save more. You have to take on as much risk as you could stomach. I don't like bonds in my 30s. So I didn't own any bonds. That means I kicked the, the market's butt because I took on some more risk. But it means I took on some more risk, which it didn't bite me this time, but maybe it bites me sometime. In your 30s, you want to seek inexpensive 
diversification. Uh, you shouldn't dump all your stock and raise cash so you can get into that Snapchat IPO or down the road Uber IPO or what have you. You shouldn't do it. The hot sexy IPO. Um, good diversification is great. So the SP 500 is not great diversification. It's some diversification, but it's mainly large companies. Um, it's some international exposure, which is good, but it's missing small and mid-sized companies. So you want to start thinking about that. And I think in your 30s, it's super important to take off those retirement blinders. You know, when you watch the Clydesdales, here comes the bud, here here comes the king, here comes the king, he's number one. You see these big horses with blinders on. That's great. But you don't want to have blinders on about retirement. You can't say, well, I need to save money now. Or you can't, no, you do need to say that. You can't say, eh, 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 reboot. Um, you, you can't have blinders on right now and say to yourself, like, oh, I got 10 more years. I got 15 more years. I'll think, I'll worry about when the kids are in college. Because college is going to suck money out of you like a, like a vampire sucks, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's just change the song. It's going to suck money out of you like a stuck pig. Nothing I'm saying is working right, but take the retirement blinders off. You got to stop saying, I need a vacation now. You have to start saying, can I afford a vacation? Can I afford to have kids and send them to college? Do I have enough for down payment? What happens if I buy a house and, oh, suddenly I'm going to have to unclog my own gutters and I have to pay for that. So you really got to start thinking about all the ramifications of money in your 30s. But in your 20s, you don't really get the ramifications. So what I did, uh, I set up the old DVR tape, because I always want to try to understand millennials, right? I set up the old DVR to tape uh, an MTV show called Stranded with a Million Dollars. I figured I could learn something, right? So I knew a girl a couple years ago that her boyfriend watched nothing but the Kardashians, and I was like, that's not looking good for your marriage. It was a fiancé kind of thing. And she agreed, and she dumped them. Uh, but Stranded with a Million Dollars teaches you a lot about millennials. Um, the concept of the game is you're stranded with a million dollars to spend on a variety of food. So it's kind of like Survivor, but with a million dollars. You get a million dollars to spend on food, tools, luxuries, but they're at outrageous prices. So you think you're in the money. You're in the money. You're in the money. But a pot's going to cost you $300. And it's, 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 it's beach survival, but it's not crazy. It's not, you know, they're not putting you through living hell, but they're put in Fiji. Uh, you have to last 40 days. And when those 40 days are over, you get to divide whatever's left over for that million dollar bounty. Now, everyone in America who's over 35 has that preconceived notion that millennials are lazy and they don't value money. And what happens during the 40 days is that you learn that you're wrong. Uh, notion's totally wrong. Now, you put people in a harsh environment and you give them a financial windfall, that's not exactly real life. But it does show you some of the psychological behaviors, the social behaviors, the financial behaviors, uh, the ideas that we don't want to be judged uh, for what we do. And you put young, good-looking people in this scenario and it's damn good entertainment. 
The biggest strategic mistake was contenders failed to invest their money early on so that it could help them win later. So one of the biggest mistakes that I saw was that early on in the show, there were cast members who didn't understand the idea that you have to spend some money now in order to win or gain money later on. Um, so they were trying to be frugal and not spend one penny ever. They have to, you have to be willing to invest small amounts in survival in order to win in the end. So the people that didn't, they didn't make it to the end. And you can imagine that's true about you, right? You have to be willing to invest in your education. It costs a lot of money, but hopefully it gets you a little bit of bang for your buck in income. Uh, you have to be able to invest your money in insurance just in case something bad goes wrong. You don't end up dead broke because of it. So you have to spend in order to earn or in order to survive. Another lesson that you can learn from the show is that some cast members did come around to the idea that early strategic purchasing would really pay off, and it's considered course correction. So if you're going to spend $30,000 on a pot, you might as well do it on day one as opposed to doing it halfway through because you've been drinking dirty water for 20 days and now you're sick and diarrhea, diarrhea. You have to say it twice to make it sound nice. Okay, now it makes it sound worse. Um, people think they're getting ripped off spending $30,000 on a pot when it's a game show that gives you a million dollars with a concept of everything's going to be expensive. Um, now, there was in- some interesting things that happened was that they bonded over views around money. Some of the survivors who were playing the game... And I think that's super important. Uh, if you're willing to delay gratification for the long-term good, you find another person who's willing to delay gratification for the long-term good, you end up bonding. And you have you know something to work off of. If you're the free spirit who's like, oh, I don't care, it's just money, you run out of money fast. And I think social bonding teaches you a little bit about relationships and money. Um, in the real world, a lot of people won't get along who she's a spender and he's a saver because they're going to fight over money. But in the game, they actually worked well together when they had that same concept. That's the real world as well. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Call Rob Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Breaking news. Trix Rabbit and Captain Crunch have been murdered. It appears there's a serial killer out there. So, as a kid, I really loved Captain, Captain Crunch, and I totally bought into the television commercials. Hey, kids! Oh, oh, oh! 
it's Captain Crunch here. I've got a treasure map on my box of cereal. And I was like, Mom, we got to get Captain Crunch. There's a treasure. I want to find treasure. I know you're saying, how do you invest in Captain Crunch? Well, it would be tied to weather. And if you're smart enough, you can pull this off. I'm not smart enough to know what the temperature is going to be in Sacramento, California. Will it be warmer or cooler than normal? I don't know how many inches of snowfall are going to hit near Boston this year. I don't know the strength of hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico, but all of those things could affect investments, especially tied towards what Captain Crunch wants, commodities. He needs things like oil and lumber and cereal. You could actually invest in a commodity called cereal. To wrap your head around it, you've got to pretend you're Captain Crunch, and you have to make your cereal buy from scratch. So to do that, you need 100 tons of corn per month. And you're like, okay, well, what if there's a drought? Well, you're going to be paying more for that corn. Now, animals work slightly different. Like if you're going to go into a hamburger business and you need ground beef and there's a drought, they may slaughter more cows this year because they don't have corn and wheat to feed them. So they don't have the, the goods to feed them because it's too dry. So all those dead animals are laying around. Dead animals stacked to the rafters. Um, I know you're saying that's a that's an odd thought. It's uh, the Foo Fighters, dead actors stacked to the rafters. Um, so you've got to get 100 tons of corn, right? But what if the price of the corn becomes scarce, right? And what if you get a president who goes, I'm going to double the ethanol production in the United States based on corn. So you're like, i got to buy my corn now for next year. So you get commodities and you get a futures contract. So as Captain Crunch, and for the record, pretending you're Captain Crunch will give you absolutely no play with the ladies. But you need 1,200 tons of corn for the next year at a going rate of 100 per ton. Your upfront cost might be $3 per ton or 3600 because you're buying a futures contract. Um, if the contract goes up or down, you could lose money and gain money. You can say, okay, I overestimated. I don't need this much. Here you go. So commodity exchanges popped up in the 17th and 18th century uh, when trade and transportation were a prominent issue. Places like London and Paris and New York, and, you know, these were the trade hubs. So the Chicago Board of Trade opened up and let people buy contracts for wheat, milk, cattle, soybeans, pork bellies, lumber, and a dozen other subgroups of commodities. So betting on weather to me sounds crazy, but you've heard that thought out there about if, if a butterfly flaps its wings in China, can it cause a tsunami here? Or I don't even know what the, what the hell I'm talking about. But the whole effect of a butterfly flapping its wings... It's tough. It, to me, it creates speculation, which is something I don't want to do. But if you're an airliner and you need oil, you have to buy contracts. You have to buy futures um, just in case because you're, you're selling tickets for 150 bucks for three months from now or six months from now, let's say. And let's say the price of oil quadruples. Well, you're losing money on every passenger. So from oil to corn... Uh, commodities can be traded. I don't recommend people do it. 
Now, the nice thing about commodities is that they're hard. A bushel of corn is a bushel of corn. A barrel of oil is a barrel of oil. Now, when the dollar gets stronger, the barrel of oil is still a barrel of oil. And that's where you start getting some conflicts with commodities. When the dollar gets weaker, your dollar is getting you more oil. When the dollar gets stronger, your dollar is getting you less oil. <coughs> How much for my phlegm, a, a gallon of my phlegm? Yeah. So anytime there's going to be an economic crisis, a lot of times it could be traced back to someone making a wrong bet. A lot of people made wrong bets on housing, assuming they're always going to go higher. A lot of people made wrong bets on tech stocks in 2000, think they're always going to go higher. It's people that are making bets, and I would be very cautious with commodities because I think you're ultimately making a bet. And sometimes it's, it's things that you can't even get into understanding, like uh, pork bellies. The most expensive part of a pork belly isn't the hog itself. And if you've never seen a giant hog slaughtered, it is one of the craziest, most upsetting things you'll ever see. It can make you give up meat. Now, I myself love bacon way too much to ever do it. But if I had to slaughter my own hog, there's no <laughs> chance I'm eating bacon. Um, but the pork bellies, there's two bellies on a pork, on a pig. And it has to be stored. And to store it, you're talking about winter, freeze. You're talking about freezing it, right? And that's the most expensive part of a hog, is sometimes it's the refrigeration cost. I know you're saying, that's cruel. The poor hog, doesn't, his life doesn't mean anything. Pretty much so. Pretty much so. Um, oh, poor porky pig. So, for 2017, expect GDP growth of around 2.1%, maybe 2.5%. That's well below the 3.3% annual average dating back to 1930, but it's still growing. Now, our deficits are growing, too, and anything that President Trump does to stimulate our economy is going to increase our deficits. Um, weak dollar, that's great. Low cost of money, that's great. When things get stronger, it, it's a lot tougher to pay back as a nation. Um, unemployment doesn't look to be going far anytime soon. Uh, maybe around 5% uh, is how you would expect 2017 to play. Now, again, you always create a, this is what should happen. Things could make it a little bit too fast, a little bit slower than that. Um, the S&P 500... It's trading at a pretty full valuation right now. So unless we really create big top-line revenue growth, it's going to be tough to get it to the bottom line of earnings, and that's where the valuation comes in. So you want to pick your companies carefully right now. The companies that are going to get hurt with the strong dollar and who are overvalued are probably the companies in the sectors I would be avoiding new money. So auto industry looks to sell 17 million-plus cars for a third straight year. There could be some stimulus tied towards owning a house. There could be some stimulus tied towards autos. It's too early to tell what, what's going to be created and or not. Um, anyway, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I was clean, Patrick. I was young and an actress. When you never by my mattress and ask for my hand But I was sad You asked it As I laid in a black dress With my father in a casket 
I had no plans. Yeah. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is the Lumineers, and it's Cleopatra, the song. It's a perspective of a woman named Cleopatra, which I think is a pretty cool name if you're going to be bold with your kid's name. I think the mood of the song is sad, it's soft, it's mournful. And all those negatives are kind of beautiful. In the song You, or the romantic interest, you knelt by my mattress and asked for my hand. But Cleopatra has no plans and doesn't tell us whether she said yes or no. It's a pretty cool song. There's a lot of references to taxi driving and the references to being an actress. And um, it's a safe assumption that the story is taking place in New York City. Um, so it's a retelling of the original story and there's not a lot more to it. So, but the final course has the death of the character. I won't be late for this. I won't be late for that. Late for the love of my life. And when I die, I die alone. I die along. When I die, I'll be on time. She takes her life into her own hands and takes it with her own hands. I dig the Lumineers and I hate digging the Lumineers because they're such hipsters. Anyhow. Catchy song. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about? Money, investing, and more. I really dig people who are smart with their money. And any way that you can be smart with your money, I'm good with. Um, this weekend, I was involved in a situation where I needed some cash. I'm like, what's cash? I so don't get used to it, but... I love the idea of anytime I have cash to take a $1 bill or a $5 bill and put it in a drawer and see where I'm at after a year. So if you pull out a 20 and you, you're paying for something for 16 bucks, save those $4. Put it in a safe. Go buy a safe. Go buy a waterproof and fireproof safe. Um, get it. Do it now. Um, you'll be surprised at how many, like, how much these some of these life hacks in the world can add up. I live in the Bay Area, and anytime you go on vacation, anyone in the Bay Area should consider putting their home up on Airbnb or home away. Um, get a cleaner before and get a cleaner after and charge the person the cleaner. Um, but during peak travel season, which is, you know, if you live in the Bay Area, it's all year round. Uh, but certainly for the holidays, if you're going back home, rent out your home. Um, I have a friend who lives in Santa Barbara, and you know, on regular occasions, she'll rent out her apartment, her condo, and go stay with a friend for the weekend. Um, you know, you could probably go as far as go stay at a budget hotel, 450, and rent your place out for 300. And you could save thousands of dollars and, you know, make ends meet. Um, Buy whatever groceries you can in bulk. I love that life hack. Um, One of the things that Amazon has is a, if you have Prime, 
they've got a shopping thing. <laughs> I know you're saying, duh. I know, duh. Amazon's got shopping? Yes. But they've got a home goods where every month I get, you know, uh, 12 rolls of, or every three months I get 36 rolls of paper towels. I get 24 rolls of toilet paper because over a three-month period I tend to poop and wipe to the point of, you know, eight per month of rolls. So, no, you could figure this stuff out and you could save 15%. So, buying in bulk is a great thing to do. Also, with buying in bulk where you get a discount for it, even better if you make it on a regular basis with Amazon. Um, You're seeing more and more people do things like selling their car. There's a new story that we've been talking about this year called, you know, uh, First Mile, Last Mile. And everyone wants to get you to the train station or get you to some sort of mass transit, which is going to be a mile away from your home. And then when you come home, it's going to be a mile home. Um, How do you get the mass transit? A lot of people want to do it. They're starting to sell their car. And what you're going to find out is you're able to save, you know, $1,200 a year in car insurance typically. Uh, Maybe less, maybe more, depending if you've got partners, if you've got kids, things along those lines. Um, Rent a car when you need it, and try to use mass transit. So L.A. is building up a mass transit system now to try to finally get to the 21st century. This is a dumb one, but it's also a smart one. Um, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I like coffee for desserts. And, you know, there was one time where I, I drink what's considered, I consider it monkey butt coffee. Because it's a lemur, probably in Indonesia, I don't know, who eats coffee beans, poops them out. They clean off the cough of the poop, and then they sell coffee beans at incredibly rare coffee. When the coffee's first rate, so is everything else. Yeah, at 100 bucks a cup, it's not cheap. But it's one of the most unique experiences of coffee you'll ever have, and I did it. I can check mark that one. But I ain't paying 4 to $5 for a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Do, 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 do. I ain't paying no $5 for coffee. Do, 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 do. Um, so, five you bucks. You killed my favorite song of all time. You like Ghostbusters? That's your favorite song? That's amazing. I wonder what Chewbacca likes as his favorite song. Chewie? Are you upset about Princess Leia? He likes the Star Wars song that goes like this. Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars, I'm not paying $5 for coffee. Nothing but Star Wars, I'm not paying $5 for coffee. Na, 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 na. So, if you can pay a buck and do it at home, why not? You want to know another perk of making your own coffee? You can actually learn about the craft of making coffee. Um, I think... Oh, God, I love this. When I was in my 20s, and you'd be at someone's home in the morning, and they'd make coffee, and they'd make a French press, and you're like, that's cool. That's way better than my... Uh, Nescafe Instant Coffee. <laughs> Nescafe Instant Coffee. Too much information, too much information. I can't make that go out of my head. But yeah, I like people who can save $700, $800 a year on coffee. If you got to have it, I get it. And I've always said, if I had the choice between a hot shower and a cup of coffee every single morning, which one would I choose? Hot shower. Um, so look for life hacks anytime you can. 
whether it's selling your car, making your own coffee, whether it's buying groceries in bulk on Amazon. Uh, make savings, you know, make getting your money super inconvenient. That's a great thing to do. And then you won't have that easy money in your pocket. Rent out your home on Airbnb when you go on vacation. Stockpile money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Whether you're 20 years old or 60, managing your money can get complicated. So set aside Saturday, May 20th, and get ready to learn some strategies that can help you build wealth, invest confidently, retire better, and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. We have two seminars lined up. The morning event runs from 9 to 11 with a focus on retirement income and estate planning. If you're nearing retirement, this one's for you. We'll explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much, much more. Our afternoon seminar is all about investing for your first million. From one to three, we'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio, from investing basics to 401ks, Roth IRAs, real estate, taxes, and investing tips. Two separate seminars, May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for either event at robblackshow.com, only $25. For KDOW listeners, I waive the fee. Just use promo code RADIO25. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Black now, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I tried to read one money book per month. Sometimes it's an economist. Sometimes it's people like Thomas Friedman. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, like a Warren Buffett kind of suggestion or Bill Gates suggestion. Um, so I try to read one a month and I try to highlight. I'm a, I write in books when I read them. I don't know if you do that, but I still do that. I guess I picked that up in college, right? Um, I find that after I'm done with the book, I kind of reread some of the things I wrote just so I can kind of refresh myself. And I recently noticed that there's three things that are in every single money book. And... Number one is getting rich starts by changing your mind. And on the surface, that sounds like a lot of BS, right? But the amount of money you make in the world is limited only by the person in whose mind the thought is put into motion. Faith removes limitations. That was from Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. A guy named Steve Siebold from How Rich People Think. Getting rich begins... With the way you think and what you believe about making money, the secret has always been the same. Thinking. Stop telling yourself that getting rich is outside of your control. The truth is that making money is an inside job. T. Harv Eker. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Which, for the record, to be a millionaire now is a little bit easier than it was in the past. It's kind of like that uh, Dr. Evil thing where he asks for a ransom of $1 million and everyone starts laughing at him. Um... But T. Harv Eker says, getting rich takes focus, courage, knowledge, expertise, 100% of your effort, a never-give-up attitude, and, of course, a rich mindset. 
If you're not fully, totally, and truly committed to creating wealth, chances are you won't. And that's not totally true. And I can tell you um, one of the ways that I got rich was I drove a car for 15 years until it died. And then I picked up a used car for 10 years. Um, and then I got a nice car. So early, early, early on, I had the worst cars in the world, which was kind of good for me because I could say, hey, y'all want to go out tonight? And everyone would say, sure. And I'd go, you want to take my car? And they're like, no. So I never had to drink and drive. Other people did, if you get my drift. And I did the same thing in college with uh, beer, where I got this beer that had uh, was so bad. It was, it was Milwaukee's best. Uh, that and National Bohemian, just the two nastiest beers on the planet, right? And I used to get tequila for six cents a bottle that had formaldehyde in it. And if you're going to poison yourself with alcohol, you might as well poison yourself with formaldehyde, right? Uh, with a dead frog or something in your uh, tequila. And then, like, remember how I didn't have a nice car? I went on a date with a girl who was really unbelievably sexy. And she knew my job, and she knew my career and finance and media and stuff like that. She knew that I was, I was pretty well off. She's like, why do, you have, why do you have such a crappy car? And I was like, never seeing her again. So um, so I don't think it's really a mindset. I think one of the very first things to do to get wealthy is, like, stop wasting money. Um, don't go on that vacation to Hawaii or Mexico that you can't afford until you can afford it. Um. So I disagree with some of the advice. Like, here's another one. Money, I told you there's three things that every money book teaches you. Money won't just appear. You need a detailed plan and specific goals. I kind of agree with that one. Napoleon Hill, author of Think and Grow Rich, wrote, Riches do not respond to wishes. They respond only to definite plans backed by definite desires through constant persistence. I've got a brother-in-law right now who he, in his mind, is the world's greatest, greatest entrepreneur. Um, he's got these great ideas and he's super smart and going to save the planet. Um, the reality is he doesn't have an income. He hasn't had an income in three years. Um, early on after college, he didn't have an income. So you can dream big, but the reality is, is you need to have a plan. You need to execute it. Otherwise it's just a big old dream. It's like I said, when, uh, when I was like seven or eight years old, there's a girl on my soccer team. I know you're saying, girl on your soccer team? Whoa, that must have been sexy. It kind of was. Uh, she uh, blurted out her love for me. And I, I, I was like, that's cool. That's the only thing you could say in front of other guys. Like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, but then I took a knife and I took it to a tree. And I, you know, I did an RB loves CS or whatever it was. And writing it down makes it true. Blurting it out, you could have all the dreams in the world. You could talk big, but you're just a talker, in my opinion. You really have to have a plan. Um, I didn't get successful by just showing up. I got successful by, like, for instance, last night, I wrote down a line that I'm going to use. And it's going to be part of my radio show and part of my TV show down the road. I actually worked last night while I was sitting around doing nothing. I was actually kind of working. I came up with the concept of, this year, I'm going to stop saying the word hate so much. So, I read a book that I really, really don't like. I ate some food last night that I really, really didn't like. So the concept is kind of funny, where I'm going to kill the word hate, but then I'm going to say I really, really didn't like something in place of that. So you're like, okay, that's not going to get you wealthy. But trust I me. I like the way you say that.
it takes time and it takes effort to be successful. You don't just show up. And the third thing that all these books seem to, to throw out there is the single most effective way to get rich is to pay yourself first. Specifically, set aside at least 10% of your income. David Bach, the author of The uh, Automatic Millionaire. Nothing will help you achieve wealth until you decide to pay yourself first. It means just what it says. When you earn a dollar, the first person you pay is you. Most people don't do this. I kind of agree with that. I think a lot of people live in the now. And instead of having 40 or 50 cable channels, they've got 200 or 400 cable channels. The average American only saves 6.5% of his or her income. So it says Sophia Amoroso, uh, which is barely keeping up with inflation. But you should save 10% at the bare minimum. Here's a tip. Treat your savings account just like you treat another bill. It, it has to be paid every month or there are consequences. So I kind of like that. I did when I was 18 years old. I started putting $166 a month into a mutual fund automatically out of my bank account. It was a Robertson Stevens tech fund. Um, so every month, $166 automatically went out. I made it part of my life. I kind of built it in. If you do save first, you'll have a lot more later in life. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. 21 Pilots taking us out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.